Here we are in Acts chapter 20, as I said earlier. Acts chapter 20, the Acts of Yeshua's emissaries, Shelachim chapter 20. So as you're finding your place there, you know what? Today is a very special day. You may be saying, well, Rabbi Frank, it's just another Shabbat. You know, today is called a Moedim. That's an appointed time. When we think of what? Uh, Passover, we think of first fruits, we think of Pentecost, Shavuot. In the fall, we think of Yom Kippur, Yom Truah, the Feast of Trumpets. We think of Feast of Tabernacles, Sukkot. We think, well, those are the mo most important days. But you know what God wants us to do every week? To set aside time for him. And the Lord appointed in his scripture. When is that supposed to start? Friday evening. At sundown. When there are at least three stars that we can recognize in the sky. That's when Shabbat. That was the very first Moedim. Very appointed time that God gave to his people. And it was not only to Israel. We forget many times that there was a great multitude of mixed people that left with the children of Israel. And some of them were Egyptians, where they saw the manifestation of the one true God as never before. For he defeated all their gods, even Pharaoh, who claimed to be God in human flesh the representative of the God called Ra. But the Egyptians saw that, that he was no match to the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And so they went, and when they overheard about the blood being attached to the, the lentil and the side jams on the door, they too took the blood. And they were in the process of being grafted into the commonwealth of Israel. As Pastor John shared excellently in our Torah reading earlier today, he said this, that the nation of Israel was to be a peculiar nation. That means they weren't supposed to be just weird, but they were to be called out by God to be a light to the nations. And so now as we fast forward here in Acts chapter 20, God has sent out his representatives from the nation of Israel, through Rav Shaul and Barnabas and other men who had been called from the tribes of Israel to proclaim the good news. And when they went to these towns and villages, they went to the synagogues first, which was Rav Shaul's common practice. But if there wasn't one there, they would go towards a body of water, a stream, a creek, or a river or a small lake, or a pond, because he knew the, this, that if there were Jews living in the vicinity of that area, they would be there on when? On Shabbat, to worship and glorify the Lord. And so as he was going through these towns and these villages, as we're going through the book of Acts here, we see this. Well, who was also there with him? Those people that were in the process of being grafted into the commonwealth of Israel, the God-fearers, 
those Gentiles who had revelation by the power of God through the light that was shining through these Jewish people to be a light to the nations. And so the common practice was for these individuals to come together on Shabbat. Why? Because from Sunday, as we know today, they called it the first day of the week back then. They would work traditionally from Sunday till Friday afternoon. And then they would break off from their work. And those who were the God-fearers followed this example. Because if there was a synagogue in that village or town, they knew this, that they had to prepare themselves for the Sabbath. Because they wanted to honor the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, to whom they were in the process of becoming grafted in, becoming the commonwealth of Israel. Did not Yeshua proclaim about these individuals, about that centurion? He said to him, you have even greater faith than I've ever seen anyone else in Israel. And that by my own words, you know that your servant's going to be healed. And so many times as we read the scripture, we forget about these things. That this was common. For these God-fearers and those who are in the process of becoming God-fearers that were joining themselves to Rav Shaul, the Apostle Paul, and Barnabas and others that were sent to proclaim the good news to the lost. Because God desires a remnant from every tribe, every tongue, and every people. And that has been the work of the Messianic community from the book of Acts forward, even to our day and beyond. That is building up people in their holy faith, receiving the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. For salvation, Rob Scholes wrote in Romans, is of the Jews. And that Yeshua is the only way to the Father. So let us begin now with that as our background. Acts chapter 20, verse 1. After the fervor had died down, Shaul sent for the Talmudim and encouraged them. Now, this was a mixed group of both Jews and Gentiles, one and Messiah. Let's go forward now. Then took his leave and set out his way to Macedonia. He went through the area, and after saying much to encourage them, he passed on to Greece, where he spent three months as he was preparing to set sail for Syria. He discovered a plot against him by unbelieving Jews. So he changed his mind and he decided to return by the way of Macedonia. Now, these next individuals, as you have been listening to those on the podcast, these prior message, these people now will have greater significance in your mind and hearts. As we spent time, who they were, what they were about, and how they assisted Rav Shaul as he poured out his life into their lives. Going forward here. So Pather from Berea, the son of Phyrus, accompanied him, as did Aristarchus from Thessalonica, Gage from Derby, Timothy Antiochus, and Trimetheus from the province of Asia. So these are individuals now. That we, now we know about their background. They're familiar to us. You know what? 
one day we will meet these individuals in heaven. And you know what? They may come up and ask us, did you hear how we serve the Lord? Now, let me tell you even more. Because the book of Acts only shared a little bit. It just mentioned me by name, told a little bit about the ministry and how I assisted the Apostle Paul. But after he died, this is how the Spirit of the living God used me to build God's kingdom in the towns and the villages that I was sent to until the Lord took me home to be in his presence. And here are some other names of individuals. And there's that person, right? Hey, so-and-so, come over here. And they will bear witness and say, yes, this uh, Sopather or these other individuals, they were the ones to come to my village and to share with me the God of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. And those who were God-fearers who received the Lord showed me that this was okay. That even though that I, the person speaking, am a Gentile, I can walk in the ways of the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and I can be a co-inheritor to be grafted into the commonwealth of Israel. And so let us go forward here into verse 5. These men went on and waited for us in Troas. So we sailed from Philippi, and after the days of Matzah, we all know this as Passover, going forward, Five days later, we met them in Troas, and where we spent a week. Now, this next verse is the next portion that we're really going to focus on today. All right. It goes on to say here, on Matzah a Shabbat, when we gathered to break bread. What do we do on Friday evenings? We break bread. In a Jewish home, it should be set up that this is a very, very special meal. It's the highlight of the whole week. Why? Because we have labored all week. We've walked in the Lord's provision. But as Friday evening comes, it is now the Lord's time. We are now to honor the Moedim. We're to cease from all our regular labor. And we're to enter into his Shabbat rest. And that's what Luke is, here is now conveying to us. This was the practice of the God-fearers. Because no one had to tell them. Because they had been participating in Shabbat with Jews. Because every Jewish person knew that they were to be a what? A light to the nations. And to introduce their God, their Torah, as uh, Pastor um, John said earlier, the Torah is basically our constitution, our bill of rights in God's kingdom. You see, we're not citizens here only on earth, but our true citizenship is where? But in heaven. How are we to conduct ourselves towards one another? Through God's Torah. We are to respect what belongs to someone else as theirs. And we're to honor it. 
And what if their property comes into our yard? A dog or a cow or a cat? Are we to put it to death? No, we're to entreat that to go back to its owner's yard and property. And so with this, we see here that God desired for the nations to understand his appointed times. So they would know that they could enter into his rest, Messiah's rest. And so let us go forward here. So Shaul addressed them. Since he was going to leave the next day, he kept talking until midnight. Now, for some of us, this word, Motzei Shabbat, Maybe a brand new word. What does it mean? It is when we, we were gathered to break bread. Mosei Shabbat in Hebrew means departure from the Sabbath, referring to Saturday evening. It was considered the beginning of the following week, since biblically speaking, days begin when? At the end of the sundown. And thus, this was Saturday night at the end of Sabbath. Okay. And so with this, we look a little bit closer here. And I think Dr. David Stern, he gave a lot of great illustration here. And I'd like to share what, what he shared on this. The Greek text here says the first day of Shabbaton, where the Greek Shabbaton transliterates Hebrew Shabbat and may be translated the Sabbath, depending on the context. Since Shabbat itself is only what? It's only one day. It's from Friday evening at sundown till Saturday evening tonight when the sun goes down. The first day of Shabbaton must be the first day of the week going forward. But what was meant by the first day of the week or what to make questions relevant to the Messianic Judaism now here clear were believers meeting on Saturday night, or was it Sunday night? It is clear from the verse that the meeting was in the evening, no doubt. A Saturday night meeting would fit more naturally with the Jewish Sabbath observance. And Rashaul observed the Sabbath. Going forward here. Wherein the restful spirit of Shabbat is often preserved into the Saturday evening. After the official end of Shabbat itself, which occurs after sunset, when it gets dark enough to see what? Three stars. It would be natural for Jewish believers who celebrate their common faith in Yeshua Messiah and the Gentiles, those who are being grafted in, both the God-fearers and those that are putting their brand new trust in Messiah, who came along, later would join in the already established practice, especially since many of them would have been God-fearers. Remember Acts chapter 10, verse 2? Already accustoming to following the lead of the Jews in whose company they had chosen to place themselves. Remember Ruth said to Naomi, your God shall be my God and your people shall be my people. She was grafted in so much into the, into the people of Israel 
that she is actually one of the, the forebears of our Messiah, who was her husband, but Boaz. Think about those individuals that were a mixed company, including Egyptians, that left Egypt, and they were there in the wilderness, and survived the 40 years in the wilderness, and that were intermarried into the, the children of Israel, and they became part of Israel, just as Ruth did. So from that mindset, anyone who is from a Gentile of the nation's heritage, you're being grafted in into the commonwealth of Israel. Let's go forward here. These were already accompanied to following the lead of the Jews in the company they had chosen to place themselves. And since by Jewish reckoning of days commenced after sunset, the sense of the Greek text seems to render by Motzei Shabbat and not Sunday. Going forward here, in various places, this commentary notes that, that the Christian church tendency to expunge Jewish influences in this. And this potentially can lead to replacement theology. See, God has ordained the times and the seasons. And the Lord said, how the day begins? The night before. And that's why many times it's confusing for people who are grafted in to the commonwealth of Israel and they look at the Gregorian calendar and say, when does the feast of the Lord actually begin? That's why it's better to have both a Gregorian calendar and a calendar that actually lists the appointed times of the Lord, which is Shabbat. So going forward here. Now let us go down to verse number Excuse me. There were a few more, more notes here. Now let us turn to Hebrews chapter 4, verses 9 and 10. And you know what's beautiful? In the past year, we completed the book of Hebrews. And in this, we'll see the significance of Shabbat. So turn with me now to Hebrews chapter 4, verses 9 and 10. And so as you're turning there, the prophetic fulfillment of Shabbat is summarized in the Brit Hadashah, the New Testament, in the book of Messianic Jews or Hebrews, written to Messianic Jews of the first century. So Hebrews chapter 4, verse 9. So there remains a Shabbat keeping for God's people. For the one who has entered God's rest has also rested for him from his own works. See, you and I, who've, who've put our trust in Messiah, we cannot gain or grow in any more holiness because God's holiness is being lived out in us as we put to death our carnal, sinful nature and listen to what the Spirit of the living God is speaking to us to do. Every question that we have in our lives, from the most simple to the most mundane or important, 
If we would simply inquire of the Lord, we will always walk in God's counsel, his holiness, and we will never go astray from his leading. See, it's not simply putting your trust that you should die and rose from the dead, but putting our trust in the spirit of the living God, who's leading us into all truth. He's keeping us. He's causing us to walk in true holiness. It's not what we think or our own opinion, but it's by breathed by the breath of the literal God to us through the Ruach HaKodesh. And that's why when, when we go forward and we proclaim God's word from the Bible, and the recipient is someone that's not born again, who begins the work of transformation and conviction upon their heart, but not bringing them to condemnation? It's the spirit of the living God. Who breathes fresh life in God's word as we proclaim it? But the spirit of the living God. So for the one who has entered God's rest has also rest from his own works as God did from his. Remember, the Lord created the the heavens and earth and what? In six days. And then he entered into, did he have to? No, but he was setting the template for us to follow. In six days shall you labor and do ordinary weep, but then you shall on the seventh enter into a Shabbat. See, the millennial time when Yeshua, after he appears and takes his bride to be with him, and he gives her her rewards, and then at the end of the tribulation, when he comes back and he lands on the Mount of Olives and he sets up his, his eternal kingdom, what's going to happen? He's going to give assignment to his bride as they will rule and reign with him from Jerusalem. And that is a Shabbat of 1,000 years. And what will the nations be doing? The nations will be bringing what? their first fruits of their harvests. And where they have to go represents of those nations to the land of Israel, to what city? To Jerusalem. See, God has a great work for us to enter in, but we have to understand that we're, it's, it's not by our own works. We're putting our trust in him. And that for us to walk in his Sabbath rest, let's go forward here. Verse 10, for the one who has entered God's rest has also rested from his own works. There's nothing more that you and I can do to grow in holiness and righteousness unless it is through the work of the spirit of the living God. You know what? As a Jewish believer coming to that full realization, it was like the heavy yoke of the Torah has now been removed from my shoulders. And the one who fulfilled Torah, said, here, now let me put my yoke upon you, Frank. Cast all your burdens upon me. Walk in my interpretation of true fulfillment of Torah. It's in Messiah Yeshua. He's done it all. To him, I owe everything. I am washed by his precious blood. My heart is renewed and uh, my mind is renewed. And heart is renewed by his word. Let's go forward here. Spiritual rest is the prophetic fulfillment of the biblical observance of Shabbat. 
The seventh day Shabbat is perfect picture of the coming day set aside to rest in Messiah. This 1,000-year kingdom of Yeshua will be a beautiful time of rest and corporate worship of the king. Until that day, Messiah says this, come now. He bids us to experience the truth of Shabbat in our daily walk. Isn't it beautiful to know that you have an appointed day every day after six days to enter into God's Sabbath rest? Where you just cast all away the cares of the world and you focus on him. But you also have the beauty of what? Fellowshipping and building up one another and exhorting and encouraging one another by your presence. How many of us today long for the day when we can all meet in person again? That's going to be a Shabbat over all Shabbats that we've experienced in over a year. Amen? Let's go forward here. Similarly, similarly, the idea of the seventh millennial Shabbat is also found in the writings of the Jewish sages. 6,000 years, the world will exist, and 1,000, the seventh, it shall be desolate, as it is written, and the Lord alone will be exalted in that day. Where is that from, the last portion there? From Isaiah 2.11. Let's go forward here. Rabbi Katina also taught, just as the seventh year is the Shemitah year, so too does the world have 1,000 years out of seven that are fallow. As it is written, the proud looks of a man will be humiliated, and the arrogance of men will be bowed down. When that day comes, Adonai will be exalted. That is also another quotation, the end of part there of Isaiah 2.11. And further, it is written in Psalm, a song for Shabbat day. Have you ever read Psalm 99? Turn with me now to Psalm 99. And because of, of our time, I'm just going to start reading. I know you'll catch up. This is Psalm 99. And in Hebrew, it's the book is called Tehillim. Adonai is king, and let the peoples tremble. He sits enthroned on the caravine. Let the earth shake. Adonai is great in Zion. He is high above all the peoples. Let them praise your great and fearless name. He is holy, mighty king who loves justice. You establish fairness and justice and righteousness in Yaakov. Exalt Adonai, our God. Prostrate yourselves at his footstool. He is holy. Does not the scripture say that Yeshua is waiting for his father to make all his enemies who dwell on his earth his footstool? Let's go forward here. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Moshe and Aharon, Aaron, among his koinim. Shumiel, Samuel, among those who call on his name. Call on Adonai and he answered them. He spoke to them in a column of a cloud. He, then they kept his instructions and the law that he gave them. Adonai, our God, you answered them. To them, you were forgiving a forgiving God, although you took vengeance on their wrongdoings. Exalt Adonai, your God, bow down toward his holy mountain, for Adonai, your God, is holy. Can you imagine what it's going to be that day, O bride of Messiah? After we've come down, after spending Seven years in the presence of God the Father 
and in the presence of Yeshua, being his bride. And then the father says, now I've made your enemy your footstool. Now Messiah goes down, lands on the Mount of Olives, and is torn, it is broken in two. And he descends and walks through that golden gate, walks on that temple, temple mount, and declares to the whole wide world, and all the nations shall see him. As Zechariah says, all nations shall see him when he comes with those who are following him. He is beautiful. He's riding a white horse. And those who are accompanying him, the bride of Messiah, are also white, riding white horses. Aren't you getting excited? This is your eternal destiny. That time is going to come very, very soon. In a twinkling eye, when the Lord appears, this is all woven together. And this should give us great joy. And this should cause us, without fear or trembling, to go and look at lost people straight in the eye and say this, God has sent his son to die on your behalf. He wants to redeem you from your sins. He has a plan and purpose for you. But will you simply put your trust and receive Yeshua as your Messiah. And then simply step back, pray in the Spirit. You don't have to speak out in tongues, but pray in the Spirit and watch as the Spirit of the living God descends upon that individual, convicts them of their sin, and they sense God's presence. They sense the light that is in you. This same light that was given to the Jewish people to be a light to the nations. I'm now speaking directly to you, those who have been grafted into the commonwealth of Israel. You have that same inheritance in God. To proclaim the good news without fear and trembling. And know this, that as you speak, the words that you share are not your own, but they're given by the spirit of the living God to bring conviction in the hearts of those individuals so they can come to know God for who he is through his son, Yeshua, by the power and by the confirmation of the Ruach HaKodesh, the spirit of the living God. And that's the work that the Lord desires for us. For he, did he not say, I'm going to end the message right now on this. Did he not say you were to go to do what? Proclaim the good news, making what? Disciples Talmudim and baptizing them, having them going underneath the waters of immersion, the mikvah, and raising up a new life in Messiah and pouring the hope and light that is in you. This is what the kingdom's about. It's not about buildings because all these buildings one day are going to burn. It's about us going and proclaiming and building God's kingdom one person at a time. Blessed be the name of the Lord.